bad. Has now been around for three seasons and coaches everywhere are saving time and being more efficient when it comes to scout cards. Coach Robinson from Texas says, the thing I most enjoy is the ease of access to all the scout cards and how I can draw on them if I need to make any changes. Every coach that uses it says that it is so great to use. If you and your staff are tired of the old ways of preparing and using scout cards, check out thecoachpad.com to start enjoying scout team and making the 2023 season better than ever. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Downbacker podcast. Um, I mean, we have my good friend here, Alan Rudolph, the offensive line coach, um, and his 18 other titles he has. I can't keep track of what they are mm. in Ohio, mm. just offense coordinator, run game, all that. Just, just general flunky. Yeah, what, what, whatever, whatever your the, the title is at the moment. But, um, I mean, how how have things been since the last time you were on here? Everything good? I mean, it's been. I, I don't think you've been on on the podcast, God, in a year and a half. And but it's we, been a while. It really has. But we talked every while. every couple weeks. So I mean, how, how's everything been? Everything's great. We. Uh, you know, had a great spring. Of course, everybody in America says that. And, uh, you know, we had a great recruiting class. Of course, everybody in America says that. And, uh, but we feel like everything's been going well. You know, we, uh, you know, Coach Alvin said it the other day, which I thought was awesome. We, we, uh, we've got the same full-time staff coming back uh, from last season. And there's probably not very many uh, institutions uh, in college football that can say that, um, you know, so, uh, that makes things so much easier. That's always been one of Ohio's big things is just the consistency and the continuity from year to year, uh, because it's kind of always been that way, but you, 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 you generally have to replace a guy or two here or there, but every full-time guy is coming back. So, you know, we, we hit the ground running in the spring and anytime, you play in a bowl game, especially when that's late, that as late as we did, you get the extra practices for going to the MAC championship. We felt like, you know, basically we got an extra spring ball at the end of last season and then another spring ball this spring. So um, just in developing younger guys and that type of stuff, we feel like we're, you know, a good bit further along than actually we were going into last year with our depth. Okay. How, I mean, and, and we kind of talked a little bit about it, how has the transfer portal kind of affected your this overall schedule for you? Like, I, I know it's a little hectic, and I know it can it, for all of you. It's not just you guys, but like any college coach, it's D one to D three. The transfer portal has made things interesting, but from just an overall schedule, and I know there's some rule changes that allow you to do a little more too. Um, how has those kind of changes affected you? The one thing I have found is, you know. Used to be, and, and I know this is transfer portal. Um, the big thing is, you know, used to you have you would have big recruiting weekends, um, you know, in January or, uh, and I know a big part of this is the early signing day as well. Um, you know, you would have a big weekend or two in December before the early signing period. And then you would have big weekends in January, um, you know, prior to the early signing period. Um, so that that has spread things out a little bit. And then the transfer portal, uh, what I find is we are bringing in a guy, two guys, three guys, um, but we're, we're every, every 
part of the calendar that is either quiet or contact, it seems like every weekend we're having an official visit. Not only maybe, you know, one or two guys or one, you know, and their families, uh, but everything is so much more spread out over the calendar um, compared to what it seemed like it used to be. And I think that's a combination of the early signing period, but also it's a huge uh, part of the transfer portal, um, you know, is, has created that where it just seems like you're doing, a, unof, I mean, official visits all the time. And now, you know, unofficial visits are going on constantly. So um, I think the biggest thing in relation to the calendar is just the recruiting has spread itself out and you're constantly having official visits. Now, I mean, the other thing is, like, we talked a little bit, and you guys play week zero this year, so you're starting earlier. Yeah. Week zero is becoming a more and more common thing, uh, where it used to be, like, just, like, Hawaii and a couple other, like, prime time, like, that big matchup to start the year, like, one versus four or whatever. So, kind of how, I mean, how has that changed your prep work since, you A, you're starting it? playing a week earlier, but you're also able to start camp a week earlier. Is that changing anything for you? How's that altered your prep? How has starting earlier kind of affected you going into this year? A couple things. Um, I think first it's affected Jake Miller and our strength staff. Um, you know, and, and we, we normally, you know, you normally have a week to let the guys go home, uh, you know, before you get started. Um, so you can have eight mandatory weeks during the summer where they're with Coach Miller. Um, you still can have that, but we had to back that up. Uh, you know, fortunately, with us starting school, summer at OU starts in mid-May. That helped that transition a lot. If we would have not started summer school till June 1, um, then that would have been very difficult to get our eight weeks in, plus give the guys a little bit of break. Uh, our guys are actually getting a pretty good break over the 4th of July uh, where they can go home because we're going to roll right into fall camp. Uh, they're, they're not going to have a, a very big break at all uh, like they normally would at the end of the summer workouts going into fall camp. So that's been one thing that's been affected. Um, you know, our preparation as a staff, um, you know, we really, we really, push the envelope to get our first couple of weeks uh, of at least preliminary game planning done during the month of June um, so that when we come back, uh, you know, off of vacation in July, we're going to come back a week earlier. Um, all of that stuff is done. All of our prep for camp is done. And really all we're having to do when we get back is really script, uh, you know, to get ready for those first couple of days. So we feel like we're in good shape there. Uh, but but it took a lot of pushing during the time where you're normally doing a lot of camps and you're doing a lot of official visits, which we did. So we had to balance that differently than than we have. Um, and then one of the other big areas that that I didn't think think about or anticipate, we're actually going to have a lot of young men that are finishing up summer two classes, and we're going to be two weeks into fall camp, and they're still finishing up their summer classes. Uh, now, fortunately, not all of our guys are in that boat, but some of the guys that are getting ready to graduate, um, you know, that, that are pushing uh, to get some classes done, um, they're going to be taking classes into the second week of summer camp. We're normally, 
you know, a lot of times during camp for those, at least those first couple of weeks at camp, you're just solely focused on football. Um, you know, we're going to have to balance that a little bit, which we haven't always had to do, or at least you may have to do it for the first couple of days, but, but not, not that far into camp. So, um, you know, that's been, that's been something, but we are really excited about it because one, we're playing a great opponent, um, which, you know, which I think is, has, uh, helped our workouts, uh, help our young men's preparation, um, you know, and then, you know, that part of the opponent that you're playing is huge. But then for our schedule going into next season, playing week zero gives us something we've never had here, which is a true open day, true bye week. We've never had that in my time here. Uh, and I don't know about I've been here going into five years. I don't know before I was here. Uh, you know, I hear Coach Alvin talk about it all the time that, that this is the first one in a long time uh, where we have a true bye week during the season. Plus, going into Maxim, we're going to have another nine or 10 day. Uh, so you got a longer prep going into Maxim. So, um, you know, we're going to hopefully knock on wood, be able to have a little bit of time during the season to, to heal up some bumps and bruises that we haven't always had. Good. Like, and, and has these, um, I'll phrase it this way, these, some of these role changes allowed you to accelerate your teaching or allowed you to play with anything different? Because like I said, a lot of the role changes over the past two years have actually given you guys more time where you used to be yep. very restrictive on what yep. your, I mean, your hours, you could touch, touch anybody, see anybody do whatever. And now it's kind of open. I'm not going to say it's like the Wild West, but you've got a lot more access to your kids to where the yes. was really the only ones that had access. How has that kind of accelerated either teaching or allow you to play with anything? Well, the, the, the first thing I would say is, number one, you know, you're able to do a summer install, um, you know, and we don't have any more hours with them than what we used to. Uh, we're still bound by the eight hours a week. Um, and you've got to split that between uh, the weight room and, uh, you know, what you do with them. Um, and then secondly, uh, you can do more football things, but anything that is 11 on 11, you can't do uh, with coaches out there. But but we can do drill work. I can do O-line, D-line. You know, you can do drill work with them, which you haven't been able to do. Um, you know, so what it's allowed us to do, in my opinion, is, is be more prepared going into fall camp, um, which I think we're going to use that hopefully to give some more breaks in fall camp so our guys' bodies don't get up beat up so bad because we are a little bit further along in installation. Um, you know, we can practice you know, three days and then and then have a day off or uh, a walkthrough day or whatever. So I think it's going to it's going to allow us to be easier on our guys bodies, go hard for two or three days straight and then back off, go hard again for two or three days straight, but then back off so that when we do get to the first ball game, our bodies are, are in a lot better uh, condition and ready for the season and then on the back end of the year what I think it's going to do is is allow guys to be playing fresher and better football 
later on in the year because they, they were able to back off a little bit during fall camp. And I think just generally for the players, for their safety, I think we're going to see that it's going to greatly, that it's going to greatly help. Okay. Now, one of the things I really wanted to hit on, because I have an O-line coach who I'm working with right now, and I'm trying to teach him kind of what I want. And I know since I've known you, you've had, what, three or four GAs at this point. Um, just you've cycled them out just because of they got either taking new jobs or they've got their – because you get what three years technically you can yeah you get three and at OU we actually we actually have in the program that they're in we we try to get them done in eighteen months to two years yeah um you know so which is good for them because with Coach Solich's name and with Coach Albin's name we've been able to uh, generally help them find other jobs and and uh, so it's been a, it's been a really good thing uh, the downside of it is you're constantly um, try, you know, I've had my first year, we had a gentleman named Stephen Langenkamp, and then uh, he he chose after a year, he thought that he wanted to go coach high school football, and he's actually uh, doing a great job, was at Moeller uh, for a couple of years, working with their, helping with their O-line there. Um, he's from Cincinnati, played at Moeller, and then, uh, um, then after him, we hired a young man by the name of Lauren Inslee. And uh, Lauren, Lauren actually uh, probably was a little bit more of a coach than a graduate assistant because he had actually coached the O-line position at a couple of places prior to coming here. Uh, he was on the back, back end of being able to GA age-wise in number of years that he had been out of school. Um, so he was, he was definitely a little bit more of an O-line assistant rather than a GA, but after a year, um, he actually got the O-line job at uh, Minnesota Duluth, which is a really good Division II uh, program in Minnesota and is doing a fantastic job there. Then uh, kind of had a crunch last year where we, uh, we hired a gentleman that I worked with his dad in the CFL, but we didn't find out. Till we, um, Cam Odom, who had played receiver for us for years, was our receiver GA, and we were transitioning – uh, so really, really, uh, in actuality, it's been five O-line GAs in five years. I didn't think about this. Kyle Obley, who is now our receiver GA, uh, does a great job with wide receiver daily, uh, which is out there. You know, he's got a, um, you know, a Twitter following and an Instagram following with that. Does a fantastic job with that. But <clears throat> Kyle is a rock star and going to be an unbelievable football coach and, and is going to end up being a receiver, quarterback, offensive coordinator type uh, mind. But I thought it was important, and he does unbelievable championship quality work and is brilliant. I thought that while we had Cam, that it would be good for him to come work with the O-line to learn – that aspect of it because you know I have always felt you know if you're if you're a coordinator and and you're a skill guy you never want to be held hostage by your O-line coach because you don't know you may not know the all the finer finer details but you have a good enough idea as a coordinator that um, you can do certain things or you can't do certain things but you're not held hostage and conversely, if you're an old line guy that's the coordinator, 
you know, you don't want to be held hostage by your quarterback guys or your receiver guys. You want to know enough about what's going on that if they say, hey, we can't do something, <laughs> you know that we that you can or you want to say, well, no, we can do that. Um, anyway, uh, Kyle was going to work with me and then Cam Odom mm, a week before fall camp last year got the got the receiver GA job at Baylor, which was which was awesome for him. It put us in a little bit of a bind, uh, but but we we ended up moving Kyle back to receivers because that's where he was comfortable. Um, and then we hired a gentleman uh, uh, by the, um, from actually from Boise had actually, just finished playing. Um, and his dad, John Zamberlin, coached with me in, in the CFL. And Kenny Zamberlin was his name, was out west, uh, was kind of in flux about what he was going to do. And it was a quick turnaround. So uh, we hired him. He actually got here two or three days into fall camp last year. So yesterday, last year was absolutely crazy. And then at the end of the season, he got the tight end job at, at Nebraska Kearney, a Division II program in Nebraska. And then uh, we hired um, the guy that's our our O-line GA now, Jacob Roney, um, who unbelievably great story. He played center at uh, at St. John's in in Minnesota, a very historic football program, Division three football program in Minnesota. Then when he finished, um, he wanted coach, and uh, that was right when COVID hit, and there wasn't very many opportunities out there. And he actually took a D-line job at a Division three school, at another Division three school in Minnesota, coached D-line for two years there, then went to Minnesota Duluth and was there with Lauren and worked with the coach D-line at Minnesota Duluth. So uh, he's got three years of D-line experience, what, which I am super excited about because – Earlier in the week, as we prepare the old lineman, he's going to be able to get some advanced work done on our opponent um, and prepare the scout team and prepare our offensive line about pass rush moves, about uh, things that, you know, little small technique things, alignment of stance, you know, tilts, this, that, and the other, that I usually, it takes me to midweek to start getting to our guys. He's going to be able to get that stuff to them early in the week because that's what he has taught for the last three years. And then he's going to be able to coach the scout team to give us those looks starting on Monday or starting on Tuesday, you know, Hey, I want you to use these three pass rush moves because that's what they're, you know, that's what their best defensive end does. He uses these three pass rush moves so we can prepare our guys better earlier in the week. Um, in preparation. So I am really, really excited about that. I know that was a very long answer, but we have, we've had, we've had five guys, um, you know, in my five years here and hopefully it's not been because I'm running them off, but hopefully it's been because, you know, they've been getting better jobs. Well, they've all, they all say good things about you. So that, that's <laughs> totally good. Uh, well, yeah, that, that I forced that. <laughs> Well, hey, it's it's just it's just whether you're bringing somebody different to the clinic next spring or not. That's that's that's, that's it's it's just who you bring with you. So, uh, so, well, we hope we hope Jake stays around a little while. But I I'll be honest with you, um, that those guys and we tell them all, Tim Alvin's the greatest. Coach Solich was the greatest with them. 
you know, our job is to help them further their career and help them work to get to where, you know, their next stop is along their path and their journey. Um, and if that's after one season, if that's after a season and a half, uh, you know, they come to me and say, coach, I really want this job. I'm going to try to do, if they've done a good job, I'm going to try to do everything I can to help them get a job. Even if I've got to retrain another one the next year, I don't care. Um, if they've done a good job for us, then that's what we asked them to do. And we told them on the front end that one of the benefits of coming to OU is just the, the, the connections that our staff has and our ability to maybe help you get a job uh, coming out of here. And, um, you know, that's not a, that anytime anybody can get a better job, we want to try to help them do that. So, um, you know, that's kind of what our stance has always been. And sometimes that creates a little bit more turnover um, at that position, but uh, that's, that's what we're in this business for to help people. Oh, you're so right. And so speaking of that, so like, I'm a big proponent, especially at high school and I, in of having is at least two sets of eyes on the offensive line, whether it's one does guards and tack, like guards and centers and everyone does tackles where front side, backside, doesn't matter. Just, and, or hell, you can name a co-offensive line coach. I really don't care. Just like it's great in college. You can have like you and a GA and depending right. on like Lauren obviously had a lot of experience coaching O line, so you were able to lie him for certain things that maybe a new guy you can't. Um, but I'm a big proponent of that, whether it's me and somebody else or two different other people. Um, just I think it's such you, you can't watch five guys at once. Like it just it's just physically impossible. Like yep. it's just I like I don't care. Like I'm trying to focus um on some of our pen and pull stuff and I gotta watch front side. Well, I need my other guy to watch backside, but yep. Um, like, where do you start when, I mean, every, all of them obviously are different levels and they have different experience levels and they bring different resources and abilities and knowledge. When you get a new guy, where do you start? Where is your working point? The, the first place we start is them understanding how we call because their first job is going to be to break down film. Um, you know, so where we start, number one is, okay, this is how we call fronts. This is how we call coverages. This is how we call pressures. This is how we call front movements. Um, that's where we begin. Um, and then we begin teaching them our system because part of breaking down film is also breaking down the opponent's offense. And, uh, you know, both by formation as well as by play, because I want to be able to go in and uh, I want to see, you know, every every time that somebody ran divide zone versus them, uh, I want to be able to go in there and click on, you know, two or three buttons and pull that up um, so I can study it. So, you know, that's that's where we begin. Um, and then and then I begin teaching them our calls up front, you know, so they have a general idea and understanding. And then we start diving in with hey, that this is, you know, we're an inside zone football team. So, Hey, get a, get a notepad out. We're fixing, we're fixing a hammer inside zone um, and all the rules of, that go along with it. And then all the fundamentals that go along with it. And now here's the drills that we run to teach it. 
And here's where I would like to plug you in doing these drills so that now I could take, like you said, the centers and guards and you take the tackles with Coach Metz and work the tackles and tight ends. Or I'm going to work front side zone combos and you go take the backside guys and you're working backside zone combos and then we flip or hey I'm going to work this drill and you take you take I take uh, all the right side guys and you take all the left side guys or whatever so that we can maximize reps during practice um I begin teaching them that way and we start you know we're an inside zone football team and we're man slide football team in protection and that's where we're going to begin and then and then we work down the down the path all the way to the thing that we do the least amount of. And, and that way he gets comfortable um, with that. And I test them all the time. Um, one of the things that I like doing with them is I like, I like them to teach our freshmen. Um, and I sit in the back of the room um, and I, I have a hard time keeping my mouth shut, but I, I do try to sit in the back of the room and I'm taking notes and, and I want them to install the offense to our young guys. Um, and then as I feel comfortable, then I try to give them a little bit more because eventually what I would love to be able to do is get them prepared to, to take over the meeting room. Um, and that way, when they go on to get their own job or their own O-line or their own meeting room, um, that, you know, they, they don't necessarily ever run the entire meeting room at, at Ohio University, but I'm going to give them pieces and segments to do. Um, okay, here's your baby. You take this and I want you to study it. And then I want you to do a five, 10 minute presentation to the offensive line. Um, well, then that five or 10 minutes may turn into, okay, now I'm going to give you two things and you're going to present one thing on Monday and another thing on Tuesday. And, you know, so just, just slowly trying to one, get them to be able to do exactly what we need them to do to get us ready for ball games. And then secondly, be able to get them ready to take over their own room whenever that time comes for them. Um, so that's kind of how we attack it. You know, I look at it, they need to be able to, they've got to be able to break down film. So as quick as I can get them ready to break down film, understand our terminology, how we call things, whether that be from a defensive standpoint or an offensive standpoint. Number two, they've got to be able to draw cards. Um, so, you know, whether you're using Visio, whether you're using PowerPoint, I try to go ahead and make sure they're ready to do that. So I give them several tasks to make sure that, that they're, they're ready to do that and able to do that. Um, you know, and then, and then thirdly, um, you know, their role during practice and then their role on game day and get them prepared and ready to do that. And then fourthly, you know, their role uh, of, of furthering their, uh, I almost said education, but further, furthering their career. Uh, and hopefully trying to have a plan to prepare them uh, to be a to be a better football coach and to take over their own room or um, so that's kind of how we go about it now I, I've come down there I think three years to watching practice two I can't keep track I've been down there so many times whether it be us meeting privately or watching practice or 
whatever. And right. your point about giving him a role, it seems every time, depending on who it is, the role changes. Because, like, I mean, what I saw, I'll just use last year's spring to this year's spring, what you were doing. And obviously, drill, uh, drill works different depending on the day and right. have on the line. But how do you determine what their role is in terms of drill-wise? Because like, like I said, what I saw you do this year and what your GA did last year were two different. Right. Essentially. What, whatever they're ready for. Um, you know, and that's that's I try to press them. Um, you know, to find out what they can handle, what they're ready for. And I'm never going to put them in a situation where they're not ready to handle it. Um, I don't think that's fair to them. And I don't think that's fair to our guys to waste our players' time. Um, you know, so just through the process of teaching, um, you know, we start our mornings most of the time around 4 30, 5 o'clock in the morning. And it's, and it's usually just me and him uh, up at the office. And that's where we're. That's where I am working with them and preparing them um, to find out what they're ready to handle. Um, part of it is when, what is the timing of them getting here? Um, you know, uh, you know, Jake Roney got here late January, early, uh, probably mid-February, and we started spring ball, you know, uh, end of February. So he was not ready this spring by the end of spring, I was giving him a lot more than I was early in spring, you know, so part of it's timing. Part of it is, um, you know, a, a guy that, you know, Jake Roney, Lauren Inslee had coached a lot of football before I got him here. So they, they understand how to, how to organize a drill. They understand when they've got eight guys, how to get that divided up and it doesn't take them a long time. They've already been through that versus, Hey, I got 12 in this group and then I got eight in this group and to get it divided up. So the, so the drill operates efficiently because it's, you know, as well as I do, it's, it's not always just knowing the game of football. It's, it's being able to organize it where, where you're efficient doing it. So, you know, their experience as well, I think factors into it. And then, then I guess ultimately their knowledge, you know, what are they ready to handle and what are they ready to do? Um, and I think all three of those factors are going to determine when and what you give certain guys. Okay. And then you, you mentioned like you give them your, well, you allow them to teach to your freshmen. So, so obviously your freshmen learn, but at the same time, they're able to get their experience as well. How do you actually, I'll rephrase this. Um, is there any, like, as you're taking notes in the back and resisting the urge to do everything? Cause I, I know you, like you yes. said, but I know you, you're, you're not going to just sit there and just not yes. say, um, right. is there anything common, like details that you see that they miss? Like for each one of them, or is it just different every time um, for, for when they're installing stuff? Like, obviously I don't need these specific scheme details, but is there like a common thread? Is it a hmm. footwork thing? Is it a call thing? Um, and I know that might vary a little bit by when they get there, but like, is there anything you notice that it's, there's a commonality that just, it happens or you maybe need to work better at coaching them up on? I think one of the big areas I need to work better at coaching them up on, which is probably one of the big common things that is just, you know, uh, organization of thoughts and ideas and then buzzwords 
to really get those guys to to be able to grasp on to um you know when you when you're just first learning something you know as well as i do um sometimes you over talk because you're trying to make sure that you give so much information um you know because you don't know exactly what are the exact things that you really need to hit on so you try to cover you try to cover everything so what i try to do is i try to narrow their focus down into some, hey, these are the low-hanging fruit. These are the things that we got to make sure that they know about this, 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 and this. You know what I mean? And then don't, don't, don't try to cover, don't, I mean, I could talk for hours and hours and hours and hours about inside zone. But if I do, if I do that, I'm going to lose the kid. You know, so, hey, here's the low-hanging fruit, and here's the low-hanging fruit for today. And we want to get this point, this point, this point across. And here's the way that we get this point, this point, this point across. Then we want to show them film. Then we want to get them up on their feet and make sure they can do it. And then we want to get their butt out of there, you know, because, you know, too much is too much. And so to me, that... Uh, but I also have to fight that myself. You know, I, you know, I, I want to tell people everything I know, not because I want to sound like the smartest guy in the room, but I want to make sure that I didn't leave something out for them. Um, and so I fight that as well. And then those those little things that you just pick up from doing it for a while, um, little buzzwords, little this, little that that if you don't have the experience, you just don't know that you don't know, or you haven't, you haven't developed those for yourself yet. And when I'm, when I'm going through it with them, I may not think to give that to them, but when I'm up coaching it, you know, I do, you know, so um, I would say those things are the big things, you know, find your low hanging fruit and make sure, make sure they're giving the kid the low hanging fruit. Here's what you need to know about a cover gap combo on inside zone, you know, um, and then those little bitty buzzwords and those little bitty things for those young guys to gravitate, grab onto and hold on to, I would say is the big thing that I see. Okay. No. I, th I, was, I was just curious. Cause like every, I mean, I didn't know there was a commonality or anything on that. If there that you saw. So, um, Real quick, I, we talked a little bit about beforehand, um, but I did see that half the staff had a very good weekend with the kids and dinners and brunches and um, and you were talking up the lake. How that? How'd all that go? Uh, we went good. Went so, good. I think Coach Isfording and I think Coach Isfording and the quarterbacks had a little golf tournament and then uh, had had some food after and then uh, the O line I know went to we went to Lake Hope. And uh, they've got a they've got an unbelievable. Uh, I'm plugging them right now, but they've got an unbelievable Sunday brunch buffet, and uh, I mean it is pitched to you win, um, you know. And the guys, I mean, I was worried about some of them driving home after. You know, I was kind of worried they got so full that I was worried that some of them were gonna fall asleep behind the wheel, maybe coming home. 
but uh, I mean, it, it was delicious and just a great time. Those, those times to bond when you're not in the facility, um, you know, when you're at my house or when you're at a, when you're at a restaurant together and the, the conversations are different, you know, and that those things are so very, very important because it's, you know, I, when I was younger, I used to think it was all about the X's and O's. And then as I learned recruiting, you know, it's about the Johnny's and Joe's. But the older I get, it's really not about either one of those things. Both of those things are cer certainly important. Uh, to me, it's about the guys that you have coming together and becoming a team. Um, and that is the secret that Tim Alvin is the absolute best at it. He is he is unbelievable at it and, uh, you know, really pushes us, uh, you know, that direction. I've learned more from he and Coach Solich, you know, uh, about that and my time, you know, that it's about planning those things, thinking about those things. It's not just thinking about a, a new way to run run a different play. It, you know, it's it's thinking about the guys that you have and and making sure that they really know that they're loved and uh you know that they are thought about that they're not an afterthought that their lives are very very important you know and um i've learned from some of the best here at that it's been a huge part of my growth here oh good coach um and then i mean the last little thing i want to ask you is just um I, th I think I ask you a variation of this every time, but I'm going to ask it. I ask just in general anyways, just is there any, especially for either newer O-line coaches, young O-line coaches, GAs, assistant O-line coaches, any suggestions, recommendation, tips, um, besides buying your coach two videos? Um, no, don't <laughs> do that. I, I know you won't plug it, but I will. Um but besides that, in all seriousness, is there anything that you would recommend, especially for those younger um, or newer coaches? Study. Um, study as much as you can possibly study. Um, I remember as a young coach, you know, I got the opportunity to uh, go to the cool clinic in Cincinnati. And I was just absolutely floored um by the the level of knowledge of football that that and I thought at 29 years old that I I thought I knew a lot of football you know and then I get up and hear coach McNally and coach Alexander and you know um you know coach Mud and some of those guys and I realized that I didn't know my butt from a hole in the ground um and uh but the the information was harder to probably get your hands on at that time because, you know, there wasn't the, the Internet and Twitter and all that where you can where you can find things now. Um, I, you, you had to buy you had to buy old uh, cassette, not cassette, but uh, VCR tapes, you know, and that's what everything was. Everything was done on. And, you know, I, I bought when I was there, I bought that the the clinic tapes from that year and i really think i i i broke those in vcrs because i just watched them so much and i took so many notes from those things um so i think just constantly studying and then it, and then there was so much that that coach mcnally talked about that 
to be real honest with you, I didn't know. So I guess my next point besides studying is if it's something that you don't know, don't do it. Go find it and go learn it before you do it. Uh, because as a young coach, uh, you, I think your guys can see through pretty quickly if you don't really know something. Um, and just because it's a cool thing that you saw somebody do, if you don't know it, don't do it. Go find it and then do it. But knowing it is not only knowing it when it works right, but knowing it is how to knowing how to fix it. Um, I, I, I went I went to a clinic in Japan um, when I was coaching the CFL and I, it would amaze you the gentleman that we were working with, it would absolutely amaze you their amount of memorization of playbooks. I mean, literally, if you said, okay, how did Nebraska block in 1979 their Belly G series? I mean, they could just rattle it off. I mean, they knew the playbook in inside and out, but they didn't have knowledge of the plays. They didn't know how the play worked, how, how it went together, when to call it, and then when it didn't work, how to fix it, how to tweak it, and how to fix it. Uh, so that they, they knew the, the memorization of it, but they didn't, they didn't know the knowledge of what they had memorized. And I would stress to young coaches, young O-line coaches or young coaches in general is find you a couple things that you know and do those things because you, you, you're going to believe in them. Um, when I go fishing, I love fishing with a plastic worm. I've got a lot of confidence when I am throwing a plastic worm. When I throw a spinnerbait, I don't know how to fish the spinnerbait. So I don't have any confidence when I throw it. And the guy at the front of the boat can be catching fish after fish after fish on a spinnerbait. And I will not catch a fish on a spinnerbait because I don't know how to work it. I don't know what the problems are. And I don't know how to tweak it to fix it when there's something wrong. So I have no confidence in it. And it's just a little stupid illustration, but hey, don't go fishing with a spinnerbait if you don't know how to fish with a spinnerbait. Use the plastic worm. You will catch more fish. You will gain more yards. You will score more points. You will win more football games using the plastic worm than you will trying something that you see somebody else doing, but you don't know what it is. Um, you know, that would be probably the biggest things. And then I don't think kids are as committed to the game of football or to anything as they used to be. Um, so therefore, I don't, I, I, well, let me rephrase how I said that. I think they are. I think you just got to find different ways to see their drive and, and and it's just not out there like it was in our day um you know and that's where the tim alban thing is that's where um you know them knowing that you love them they're going to go out and they're going to go out and 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 work for you if if that's the case um and I probably didn't know that well enough as a young coach. And I know things have changed and times have changed. But uh, 
um, you know, being able to have fun doing what you do and not make it just a beat each other in the head every day we're together and nobody's having any fun, that's not going to get it done anymore. You know, so finding different ways to enjoy being around those guys and have fun while you're doing it, I think is hugely important. Perfect, Coach. So, coaches, as always, a like, share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz. Two, as I say, every time I get done with Coach Rudolph, there's 18 million resources he has everywhere. Um, got stuff on my channel from when we've talked multiple other times. Uh, the Canadian Channel Three Down Development, if I remember that correctly, he's got. I think really I think that's it. Yeah, he's got. You got some really good stuff on there as well, where you just yep. went and went and went. Like it's some really really good stuff. Um, yep. Got all of his Coach Two videos, um, which he won't promote himself, but I'll promote for him. Um, and there's probably more stuff I can't think of. Um, he he'll probably speak at our clinic again in the spring, like he has the past two years, because. He just well, if I'm if I'm ever not invited, then I I know that I've not uh, I've not done a good job. Um, so, you know, you, if you don't invite me, then then uh, you know I'm gonna take that to heart. You are always one of the most viewed people when you're there, and and I will also say you always usually have the best Q and A portion with the crowd. Like I, in terms of asking questions, the group that comes to see you usually does a good job and you do a good job of answering most of those questions during before and after. Um, you know what? I, I, and just for me, I've gotten so much, you know, the, everything that I do, everything that we do offensive line wise, I've learned from somebody else. And um, too many times in my career, you know, I thought that I knew. And really when I got to talking to people, I really didn't know, anything um so just that thirst for knowledge um both to both to share what i've been given from other people as well as to get uh because i don't know stuff and and i want to learn um so you know i and my dad taught me a long time ago that uh i mean he's just an old high school football coach in mississippi and um, I say it that way, just an old high school football coach, because there's not much better in the world. And I love sharing with those guys. He did it for 40 or 45 years. And I owe so much to him and I owe so much to the game of football. And I owe so much to high school coaches, um, him and, and those guys that believed in me. They are the reasons that I am where I am today. Um, so anytime I get an opportunity to hopefully give back, um, I take that very, very seriously. Well, I appreciate it. Well, I, I think, I think we as high school coaches appreciate it. I think we appreciate the access you give us, um, and the willingness to work with us. Like, I mean, I came down to watch spring ball and you got me and, um, oh, I'm, oh God, I just forgot his name real quick. The head coach at, um. Oh, uh, I had son speak at my clinic, and now I'm just bl blanking on both their last names. Um, was it Chill Coffee? Was, uh, it, what, was it Coach Bartholomew? Bartholomew. I just could yep. not I saw the B. I couldn't remember. Like, you mean Coach Bartholomew sitting there, and you're just talking to both of us and helping us both, and um, it's, it's just good. A, it's good to see him, but, like, B, like, me and him, I mean, you 
traded us. I mean, yelled at both of us at one point to come on the close closer on the field. Uh, so, <laughs> so, like I said, we as coaches here appreciate it. Um, and then, like you, you know, I appreciate your friendship over the past couple of years since we started talking. And like I said, we'll talk every couple of weeks and check yeah. in on each other. And um, like I said, coaches, make sure you give him a follow. Check out all this stuff. There is hours upon hours, not just inside zone stuff, but pass pro and countless other things that coach has. Um, it is just a wealth of knowledge. Um, otherwise, that is in our episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Thank you, brother.